hunt him down and we're gonna put an end to this. No, he is on his way here. I keep telling them that he is stalking her and we are staying here to protect He's her. infected your family. He's infected my family with grief and fear for 40 years. He's gonna die tonight. He Welcome to Creature Features, a horror discussion from GeeksoftheIndustry.com, and now your host, Chucky Larry. Greetings fellow insomniacs and welcome to a Halloween edition of the Creature Features Podcast from GeeksOfTheIndustry.com. I'm your host, my name is Chunky Larry, and as it is Halloween and everyone's entitled to one good scare, I decided to dust off the most recent uh, interpretation of the John Carpenter classic. I'm, of course, talking about the 2021 film Halloween Kills, and uh, here are the trigger warnings before we get going. If you are somebody that is opposed to excessive violence and gore, I'd say hang out, uh, maybe wait for the next review, or go watch the Buster Rhymes movie. Up to you. Uh, if you are somebody that is opposed to fan service for the sake of fan service, maybe watch the Rob Zombie movie. And if you are a firefighter or a friend of a firefighter and your feelings are hurt, sign a petition. Everybody else, sit back relax and get ready to get nutty with me as we talk Halloween kills on the Creature Features podcast from geeksoftheindustry.com. It's Halloween. We've been trick-or-treating. Are you alone? There's a creepy man in a white mask. Where? And he keeps, like, trying to play hide-and-seek with us. Where did you see him? Look! Run! Go home now! set the fire. No one told you. <gasps> told me what? Michael Myers is alive. A man couldn't have survived that fire. Forty years ago, the boogeyman came for us. We are the survivors of Michael Myers. Glory, what do we do? We fight. Mom, our family will kill him. We're gonna hunt him down and we're gonna put an end to this. He is not gonna stop killing until we stop him. If you track Michael's victims, that's a straight line to Michael's childhood home. Someone's in our house. He is coming for me, but I'm coming for him. You want to kill someone? 
take his mask off and see the life leave his eyes. This week on the show, we are going to be doing the cliche thing that all of the horror podcasts are doing, but we waited a couple of weeks to give you a chance to watch it, and why not release it on Devil's Night as a Devil's Night treat before you get out to trick-or-treat, maybe uh, you listen to it on the morning or Halloween before you put on your costume or whatever it is you're doing. We're going to give you some Halloween goodness. Yeah, that's right. We're going to be talking about 2021's Halloween Kills. And this is, I would say, probably since Halloween 2, the Rob Zombie version, probably the most divisive uh, Halloween film. Actually, no, Halloween 2 wasn't very divisive. That was kind of just universally panned, and it was the Halloween remake that he did, uh, the 2007 Halloween film that most people just were like, yeah, that's dog shit. And I'm one of those people where you can hear it in one of the past episodes when I did a director spotlight on Rob Zombie. It's available in the archives. Give it a listen. However, this is going to be Halloween Kills. And I felt like there needed to be a way to kind of get the ball rolling uh, something unconventional and so what I did is I found a quote from a man who I respect very much in the world of horror and had the opportunity to kind of talk to um, a couple months ago a month or two ago and it was just like a dream come true and I'm talking about Tommy Lee Wallace who directed Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. He's the creator, the guy who made the Michael Myers mask that we all know and love from the 78 film. He's he's the one that uh, took the Shatner mask and cut it up and painted it and made made what we know today to be Michael Myers' visage and, or lack of a visage. And he was originally uh, lined up to direct Halloween 2, the, the follow-up to the 78 film, the one that was released in 81, not, not the dog shit Rob Zombie one. Let's keep keep score. Take notes. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> he was doing an interview and the topic of Halloween 2 came up and uh, I felt like this quote by him in regards to Halloween 2 will kind of get us on the right path as we get going. So, um, take of that what you will. He says, I would... I was so dismayed when I read it. I hated the script of Halloween 2. It was the antithesis of the original Halloween. Now, with that (laughs) out of the way, for no reason whatsoever, I mean, I'm sure... That won't... Here's the synopsis for (laughs) Halloween Kills. 
and the Halloween night when Michael Myers returned isn't over yet. Minutes after Lori Strode, her daughter and granddaughter left masked monster Michael Myers caged and burning in Lori's basement. Lori is rushed to the hospital with life-threatening injuries, believing she finally killed her lifelong tormentor. But when Michael manages to free himself from Lori's trap, his ritual bloodbath resumes. As Lori fights her pain and prepares to defend herself against him, she inspires all of Haddonfield to rise up against their unstoppable monster. The Strode women join a group of other survivors of Michael's first rampage who decide to take matters into their own hands, forming a vigilante mob that sets out to hunt Michael down once and for all. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> um, <clears throat> boy, let's let's just jump right into this. Okay, so um, the way that I'm going to talk about this film is by backing up a little bit, about three years. Uh, film was released and directed by David Gordon Green, co-written by he and Danny McBride, that retconned everything in the Halloween universe uh, from 78, the 78 film on. So the 81 Halloween 2, Halloween 3 that, you know, kind of, for whatever reason, doesn't get the love that it fucking deserves because it fucking rules. And honestly, they should have gone that path and just done anthologies. If you're asking me, but nobody's asking me. Even though this is my show, nobody's asked. So, I'm not going to answer that. I'm going to just say 4, 5, 6, which is super rapey and pedophilia. Um, H2O, Halloween Resurrection, uh, the Rob Zombie dog shit films. <laughs> All of them. None of them. Like Thanos, gone. They're no, they're no longer there. It's very much like what Halloween did uh, with the H2O, the 20 years later. They did, they acknowledged the first two and then didn't acknowledge the other four. Yes, that's, that's math. <laughs> and so <clears throat> this isn't new and it, it's, you know, here's another Marvel reference. It's kind of like a bunch of different what-ifs. Like, what if Laurie Strode died and her daughter was then hunted by her uncle? She became crazy and, you know, had a, had a brief lapse of sanity, tried to kill her adopted mother, ended up in a mental institution and unable to talk very much like Michael Myers, but then somehow magically snapped and... Uh, Everything was looking right in the world, but then she was abducted by a cult, her and Michael Myers, and then Michael Myers raped her and got her pregnant and then murdered her and then tried to kill her baby and then murdered the cult that had taken him in. And, okay, so, uh, so Michael Myers gets killed by Donald Pleasance or 
doesn't get killed by Donald Pleasance. He just burned a bit. And then he goes back to the institution. And then 20 years later, he manages to find uh, the nurse who was with Donald Pleasance or Dr. Loomis uh, the day that he escaped. And somehow she became close with him in that period of time inexplicably to the point where she would have his secret files to be able to locate where Laurie Strode had been hiding under a new assumed name because she faked her death and went to, uh, you know, changed her name, kind of went to Witpro, uh, or, uh, uh, what would you call witness protection for somebody whose brother was a serial killer? I guess it's still Witpro. Uh, <laughs> Became an alcoholic and an alcoholic school uh, superintendent whose school is under siege by said Michael Myers comes to the realization that she has to confront the evil once and for all, decapitates it, realizes that it wasn't really him, that it was a guy that was a paramedic that he kind of hit in the throat so he couldn't talk and he kind of came to and didn't realize that he was dressed as Michael Myers and was... Uh, inadvertently decapitated so Michael Myers could then sneak into the mental institution that Laurie Strode ended up in to kill her and then kung fu fight with Buster Rhymes. All of that is gone. <laughs> and I know, I, I know what you're saying. You're like, man, I really wish all of that stuff still existed. You know, I, I, I feel you. I really do. It, it, it certainly doesn't exist on, uh, you know, physical media or somewhere you know for free on the internet if you go through dark channels none of those places exist um, it's only this timeline that David Gordon Green and Danny McBride have come up with and uh, in this timeline uh, the girls dress like guys the guys dress like girls and it's all to be fun and quirky and and you know not at all old and out of touch and you know, they, they are in a timeline now where Laurie Strode became somewhat of a Sarah Connor, you know, just spinning every day of her life, drinking very much like, you know, the other timeline Laurie Strode was doing a lot of. I'm sure that, not for nothing, Jamie Lee Curtis seems like a bit of a drunk, and I know that that seems like a dick thing to say, but she just has that kind of vibe to her like if you got real close to her it would smell like merlot and dick um anyway she's you know really really all about survival and she's crafted this elaborate plot to um whenever just by you know whatever coincidence michael myers decided just kind of by happenstance that a bus that was transporting him and a, and a bunch of other psychopaths would get into an accident and he would see his opportunity to return to Haddonfield to kill again and then be knocked unconscious and uh, taken by his now new doctor who's totally not Dr. Loomis like in any way like, like in any fucking way uh, <laughs> to Laurie Strode's compound where she again conveniently has all of these little 
uh, Home Alone traps that she set up for fucking Michael Myers, uh, which conveniently, uh, we, we learn, had a little shed with a roll cage, uh, sort of like, uh, you remember the movie Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, how he just conveniently found a refrigerator that would shield him from a nuclear blast that also destroyed the Ark of the Covenant. I don't know if anybody else recognized that, but that nuclear blast did destroy the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, neither here nor there. has nothing to do with Michael Myers. I just... It, it seems like that part that part of that story gets kind of swept under the rug that you know all of these artifacts these historical artifacts that have been housed in what I would assume is area 51 but also a testing site for anyway um, so yeah she you know just uh, rookie mistake you know critical flaw in her her death house uh, death house uh, design because she conveniently created a way for him to be burned kind of slightly but not really and you know so he's alive and firemen come to you know put out the fire and you know, he kills a bunch of them and there was apparently a petition about uh, <laughs> somebody was like I'm very offended that they would have this serial killer kill a bunch of firemen I want that scene taken out of the movie like I have to assume that that was a fun little like joke that like Danny McBride or one of the guys were like oh this would be a fun way to promote the movie let's let's put this out there because that would be funny that's the only thing about that that even kind of makes sense. And um, judging by some of the writing, I, I I buy that theory. Just personally speaking, neither, neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, so did you guys know that when you want to trap an unstoppable killer, that you should create, you know, a little escape hatch... For them to safely hide while shit goes down and then be able to kind of pop out like a fucking murderous jack-in-a-box when a firefighter just again by pure happenstance falls through the ground right where he's at um so <laughs> the movie actually opens up with uh cameron who was kind of a douchebag in the first film and you know he, he seems to already be uh, feeling the error of his ways by uh, talking to his dead friend via voicemail and just saying yeah man I really messed up dude. I feel just just terrible and I, I'd really like to redeem myself because the, the guys who wrote the film did not write me as a douche but that's just kind of how it played out. Now they want to kind of course correct with me. So, uh, oh, shit. What's that? Is that, is that the sheriff? Is that Sheriff Hawkins? Uh, I've got to go save him. I'm going to talk to you later, dead friend. I'll probably see you when the morgue just has your body just on full fucking display for anybody that walks by. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so 
he goes and and he saves Sheriff Hawkins, who then, you know, as he's kind of like holding on to life because he was stabbed in the neck by the anti-Doctor Loomis um, in the last film. Keep up, keep up. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep you guys up as much as possible. Um, Daniel Harris has not been in any of these fucking films for reasons. Um, <laughs> like, they bring back fucking Annie or uh, Lonnie. <laughs> they can't, like, figure something out for Daniel Harris. Nothing. N- nothing. Not one thing. Now they're going to do it because I'm sure I'm not the only person that is like, you guys could bring all these fucking people back, but you couldn't get Daniel Harris to just make her some other fucking character. Maybe she helps fucking Jamie Lee Curtis out and she's like, you remind me of my mom. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) As, uh, As Sheriff Hawkins or Officer Hawkins is holding on to life, um, he has a flashback and, and, you know, he's like, it's my fault. It's all my fault. And he, he flashes back and he's like, Hey, let's go back to the actual good Halloween movie. Let's go back to 1978. Let's, go- <laughs> let's, let's get some Dean Cundy blue in this bitch. <laughs> so, <laughs> they, they, they go back to 78 and they show a young, uh, rookie Officer Hawkins, uh, Fred, or Frank, is it Frank or Fred? It's some white guy name, and I don't really give a shit about it, because they just call him Hawkins, and, uh, he sees Michael Myers after he's been shot by, uh, Dr. Loomis, who is a psychiatrist, not a trained policeman, you know, um, I just want to point out, Dr. Loomis is a psychiatrist, not a trained policeman, and managed to, at relatively close range, shoot Michael Myers six times to send him barreling out of the balcony onto the floor a foot or a story below. Just, just gonna put that out there. So <clears throat> he's just, he's just out and about. It's like, oh shit, there's Michael Myers. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Doesn't hit him fucking once. And he's able to magically disappear. And, you know, Hawkins meets up with the rest of the cops and they, you know, are patrolling around. And that's where we get uh, young Lonnie. Get your ass away from there. He, he, he didn't get his ass away from there because he's inexplicably, even though he's the bully in the source material he's now the bullied uh because you know most bullies are bullied right and i mean that they were bullied before they became a bully and they usually become a bully so they don't feel helpless and bullied it's it's a real cycle of violence that we really got to find our way out of but you know i I don't think that this is the time the place of the podcast to broach those topics i think we should probably stick to a uh, guy in white mask stalks babysitters, but not really babysitters in this film. It's more like everybody. Uh, but he's, you know, he's getting bullied by this ginger kid and his ugly sisters. And uh, cops come by and they're like, hey, kids, get in the house. There's a guy who murdered people and he's still on the loose. He's wearing a white mask. 
Because that's what you say to kids. I mean, I guess it's 78. They probably smoke cigarettes, too. Uh, but So, the kids fuck off and leave, you know, poor, uh, poor Lonnie all on his own to cower in a ball as Michael Myers walks up to him and then basically ignores him because it's just like a scary moment and you know we have to have Lonnie in the film later so can't really kill him as a kid right now you know you kind of could have uh <laughs> with what they did with him you kind of could have uh so Lonnie tells the police you know I just saw the guy with the white mask and he just happens to be literally directly fucking across the street from the Myers house like like he's anyway uh so Hawkins and and his partner will call him um Furman <laughs> Hawkins and Furman uh they they head upstairs before or after they've made a point to talk about how you know oh you know Haddonfield the town where nothing ever happens like okay why but so I guess it's just so they could call back and they said oh yeah Haddonfield nothing ever happens and you know then Furman's fucking strangled with the rope that uh, Michael had stolen from the hardware store when he got his mask and he stole the butcher knife which I thought was a nice little detail. They also showed the dog that was eaten into, uh, which they didn't. And, you know, you just kind of see them looking down off screen and talking about it. Uh, you know, this movie's not about tell. This movie's all about show. And, you know, where the 78 film, the superior film, is much more tell and suspense. This one's just like, we don't need suspense. We'll just show you violence. And... So they they have Furman getting strangled by the rope. Hawkins threatens to shoot Michael, but he's kind of using Furman as a human shield. Hawkins shoots Furman in the throat because, again, um, point blank. Yeah. So Furman hits the ground, and again, he's got Michael dead to rights, point blank range, unloads another fucking couple rounds doesn't touch him once he just like kind of like walks right by him and then he walks down the stairs and Hawkins again just is unloading and doesn't hit him one fucking time and he's shooting to kill he's not shooting to maim or wound or in he's shooting to kill just keep that in mind because that part is important he is shooting to kill Michael Myers and we they do something and I made a point to kind of stay away from all of the all of the news and shit because I just didn't I just didn't want it in my in my peripheral and I had no idea I had no fucking idea that they were gonna put Dr. Loomis in this movie and I audibly gasped when it happened and I watched the film I streamed it on Peacock 
and I was able to watch it with my son and my wife, and we all sat on the couch, and it was, it was like a great fucking movie experience because of the company that I was keeping. Uh, but they they both kind of looked at me like, what the fuck? Why is he reacting like that? But it was it was startling, and I knew nothing about it, and it and it. It fucking worked. They used special makeup effects to make a guy look like Donald Pleasance. And the way that they lit it, the way that they used him and utilized him, I fucking... I mean, I could tell it wasn't him, obviously, because I know he's fucking dead. Duh. <laughs> I've, I've had time to process that he's been dead. It's been... Was that 96, 95, 96? I had a little bit of time to make peace with the fact that Donald Pleasance is dead. But to see Dr. Loomis, it was just like, oh. And, and, it, and it just it made time kind of stop. And I was like, okay, I'm fucking in. And, and uh, I went along. I was I was along for the ride at that point. I was like, okay, this is a fucking fan film. That's what this is. This is a fucking fan film, and I'm here for it. And I went into the rest of the film with that mindset, and it infinitely improved the film for me because it allowed me to look past some really glaring flaws really really fucking glaring flaws and just kind of enjoy it for what it was which is a 20 million dollar fan film and i'm fucking here for it because it it pays fan service it's stupid it's absolutely stupid it's a dumbass movie and and there's shit in it that's eye-rolly and cringy and and we all know what it is evil dies tonight um but you know it 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 was at that point where i was just like okay i see where you guys are going with this you're you're paying real genuine fan service to a series that you love and i can't fault them on that you know a lot of people they that that was like a point of contention with them is that you know it's like oh you brought back all these legacy characters and it just it feels like stunt casting so fucking what <laughs> like that's like saying i don't want to you know enjoy the movie just because it's not the way that i wanted them to make it so it, it's not enjoyable and and I have a tendency of doing that myself and I and I I know that that's true with most of us but I just to me everything that they did from the point of doing the 78 flashback I was like okay this is a fan film it's gonna be dumb but it's gonna be a lot of fun and I, I would say in terms of like the 2018 film uh, there was weird comedy deviations just for no fucking reason 
So I, I knew to expect that stuff when I when I went into watching this. I knew that, you know, these guys, they their wheelhouse is comedy, but they really are fans of this franchise. And it's and it's on those strengths that this film works as well as it does. And I'm, I'm spoiling how my outlook was on it, but I just watched it again before I started recording this just to kind of like say, oh, was I tripping? Everybody seems to have hated it. And no, no, <laughs> I still feel the same way. Um, so let's talk about what works and what doesn't work because I'm not going to go beat by beat with this fucking movie. Um, I, I wrote little little notes down and uh, as I was watching it or you know thinking about it just kind of I would be driving and something would uh, kind of pop into my head and I would just write it down and one of the things that I wrote down was quirky doesn't mean likable and that was true with their 2018 film and it's definitely true in this film I understand their their motives uh, of making even secondary characters feel important and feel like it's a more flushed out world and you know you you can love or hate them and you you're more invested in them when they die but I felt like the character development was really lacking so when people died it wasn't like it wasn't like I was so invested in them that if they died, I'd fucking shed a squirt of piss if they were on fire, because they'd probably find like a little shed that they could hide in and keep them safe. So they, they could, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the the you know the obvious things to me were obvious and. You know, the, the mob plot, which just felt like, like, remember, and I, I've heard a lot of people comparing this film to the latter Star Wars uh, trilogy, this uh, Ryan Johnson and uh, who's the other guy, does the lens flares, J.J., J.J. Abrams, uh, those films have a lot of the same qualities as this film. They're paying forward fan service. They're fans of the series and they kind of take creative license and brought back legacy characters to kind of do them off or do onto them as they saw fit. And, you know, I think this is a good place as any, because that's what we're talking about right now is legacy characters. And, uh, they're, likelihood of survival in these films because you know this this kind of stuff you start hearing words like legacy come up and when you start hearing words like legacy legacy is is political speech for passing the torch to a newer younger generation and that's i think going to be the the end of this when Halloween ends I think it ends with Laurie Strode being killed and she has like a heroic death but she dies 
that's that's me calling that right now a year out um we'll come back in a year and we'll see if i was right uh but that's what this stuff is about it's about you know you you kind of bridge the gap between this movie that's 40 years old with the generation that you want their money <laughs> i mean that's what it is it's, you know cuz you know you've got the old fucks that are desperately clinging on to their childhood and wanting little pieces of that back and will go to anything with the the name like i'm looking at a shit ton of different little he-man trinkets that i've just picked up as i've gone along and it's like i i know that this he-man toy was not made for my kids it's it's the replica of the he-man toys it's it's an improvement but it's made to look like those toys but it, they don't feel like the same toys you know it just feels like a, like a, a hollow imitation of those toys but they can't really capture the essence of those toys because those toys were made in a different time and there were different ways to do things and the way that they put things together in the same way that they put things together now um, yeah yeah that's a good analogy we'll go with that uh, I really liked the the Johns the big John and little John uh, you know people are argued oh you can't take them seriously there's nothing about them that allows you to take them seriously and I've heard a lot of these complaints just because if you're on social media you 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 can't avoid people's opinions of this movie because it is a very polarizing movie in the sense that there's a contingent that love this film and say oh yeah this is like my number two uh, and then there are people that hate this film and say, oh yeah, this film is a number two. <laughs> so, you, you, there's not really a lot of fence riders, and, um, yeah, I, I don't blame them because there are things, like I said, the, that whole middle plot with the other escape patient who was in the first film. He was the one who was holding the umbrella. Uh, but it just felt like, like in, what was it? The, was it the Ryan Johnson one where they have, you know, uh, Finn go off and he's like trying to get this safe cracker. And it just all of it's for naught. Like none of, none of that, matters ultimately with the overall film it's just like a time waster and i felt like a lot of a lot of the middle part whenever they got to like trying to tell the story it just felt like like wasting time uh like you know jamie lee curtis is hardly in this film which i don't mind because you know if michael myers is just purely and simply evil he's not motivated by killing his sister which thank god they got rid of i thought that that was a very paint yourself into a corner kind of scenario where it's like okay well 
when he kills off all of the family members, then then he's just going to fuck off into the woods and we're never going to hear from him again. Maybe we should just offer them up so everybody else doesn't get killed. You know, I just, I mean, I'm just saying, like, if the trade-off is, you know, a couple of, you know, generations of Strodes for the entire town, you know, because every time that he comes out, he at least kills, like, a dozen people. So, in this film, it's a lot more than a dozen. But, uh, you know, he, he kills at least a dozen firefighters. So, <laughs> I believe they say that the, the number was 11. But, it, it just, there's, there's something to that. And, you know, let, let's not, let's not put that thought to bed if that were the thought that, you know, he just has to kill all of the people in his family and then he can move on with his day. Like, just skip the rest of his fucking family and then we can move on with our fucking day. <laughs> Like, right? <laughs> right? That, that, that would... Never mind. I'm, I'm weird. That's right. That's it. You guys just... You, yeah, okay. All, all lives matter, right? <laughs> I guess that's what you, that's what you're trying to say to me right now, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's all that note. You guys are racist. But, uh... Yeah, so th- there's this... This plot point that literally goes nowhere. They have Oswald Cobblepot just chased through the fucking hospital. Because, you know, they, they disregard Halloween 2. However, they use the scene where Annie's body is discovered by her father in, in this film. Uh, that's, that's from a movie that doesn't exist, though. Um, and they're in the hospital that the second film took place in. Like... I wonder where they got the name for that hospital. It seems weird. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Evil dies tonight, right? Am I right? Am I right, ladies? Evil dies tonight? Uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, fucking boy. This was... This was a, a choice. This was... This was... So... The first time I watched it... I was like, okay, this is very much like, oh, he's Trump, and they're like the QAnon, you know, and they're going to storm the Capitol and get what they want, and, you know, instead of make America great again, it's evil dies tonight. It's just something that, you know, emboldens a group of idiots to do the bidding of a scared little boy who's a big bully. Um... Or not, you know, maybe, maybe they were just like, you know, this seems like something that scared little Tommy Doyle would do, you know, he was, he was, you know, Neutron Man, Laser Man, Arachna Man, and Maga Man. <laughs> it's a natural progression. It's a natural progression. And... <clears throat> So those are the those are the shitty things about the movie. The things I really liked, again, I really liked the Johns. I thought that they were funny. I thought that they were enjoyable. I thought that uh, it was cute and funny the way that Michael Myers kind of propped them, the way that they were posed in their photo. Uh, I thought that 
you know, they did not, they, they over cliched the gay. And though I would argue that the way gays are portrayed in most cinema is kind of cliche in itself, where they're like the, the sassy friend or, you know, the, the really somber, like, yeah, uh, they just seemed like a couple of dudes that loved each other, but didn't have to prove that they loved each other. They were just like, you know, we're so in our, like, I've gone to houses of gay couples and that's how they act where one is, you know, the masculine, one's the feminine. And they're, they're kind of in their own little worlds, but they love each other. And that's the way I, I saw their portrayal of that, you know, couple. It was done for yucks, and they were definitely, you know, playing cliches, but also kind of like self-aware cliches. So it was weirdly meta in, in an odd way. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I just, I was kind of confused that there was no pushback about that. Because it seems like that would have been the most pushbacky thing. And no, everybody was just like, oh, there's too much fucking violence. But let's talk about the violence. Because, god damn it, that shit was cathartic. Like, I would say Halloween 2, the Rob Zombie Halloween 2, was probably the most aggressive version of Rob Zombie. Or, of Rob Zombie, of Michael Myers. That's probably the most aggressive version of Rob Zombie 2 in terms of uh, filmmaker, but not in a good way. It was like, uh, I'm going to drink a bunch of Red Bull and fucking date rape you, uh, visually. <laughs> so, <laughs> neither here nor there. Uh, but this is taken to an umph degree. Michael Myers in this film... Uh, I, I listened to an interview that David Gordon Green did just kind of in preparation for this and he was like at the end of the 2018 film Michael Myers is trapped in a fucking kill house and the house is set on fire with him in it when he escapes he's pissed off and we've never seen pissed off Michael Myers and pissed off Michael Myers I'd like to see more of, if I'm being terribly honest, because this shit was like, it was like, tell me you're making a Friday the 13th film without telling me you're making a Friday the 13th film. I loved it. I thought that the, the scene with the fireman where he just goes on this kill rampage, but, but they, they do this thing where they have this like stare down where he comes out of the doorway and they all see him and he's got this like pickaxe that they use to tear floors open or whatever the fuck and they're all looking at him and he's looking at them and he brings it up the, the blade portion up to his other hand and holds it into his hand and then you see kind of them tightening their hands around their axes and they all seem intimidated because this dude just fucking walked out of a fire and he's holding a weapon and so he proceeds to eviscerate this entire fire squad and 
They they have the the saw that they use to cut open cars when they're flipped over. That's turned on some guy, and it's just it's just a clear cut message that we're going all the fucking way. If that's done this early on, there's no way you're you're half-assing it the rest of the way. And they don't. They don't let up. Uh, some of my favorite kills. That's what we'll do. The light fixture kill where the the chick gets in the neck with the light. Uh, I, I fucking loved that. I thought that was really, really stellar. Uh, when the chick gets the gun kicked back at her and she turns it around and blows her head off. I popped super hard. And I, I thought that that was hilarious. Um, knife through the head. Like, all of the kills were excellent. And the makeup effects were tremendous. And it just... It's a way that you haven't seen Michael Myers. And this is the, what, the 12th movie? The 11th? The 12th movie? The 12th movie. I'm going to say it's the 12th. And you can correct me. Um, when I tell you where my socials are, if you don't already know them, but I want to see more of this. I want to see just nonstop murderer Michael Myers, and I, I could watch a couple more of those before I get tired of it. Um, another scene I did, I it's. I'm kind of conflicted with this one because I liked it, but I didn't like it. And, you know, to me, the use of Charles Cyphers was like, oh, that's fan service. But what fan service is it for him to be in there for like half a second just to get his throat slit? Um, man, uh, you know, homeboy aged like a banana, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's rude. Uh, he's old. And I, I was just happy to see him. Uh, I, I dig that they brought Marianne back. Marion. I'm sorry. Marion. Just so she can die in two separate timelines. I thought that was hilarious. Um, the, the, the one that shined out of the legacy characters to me was Lindsay. Uh, like... She's attractive. She's gorgeous. Apparently she was on, like, The Real Housewives of fucking one of the f fucking Real Housewives shows. Wherever the fuck she was. Probably Beverly Hills or some shit. And, uh... She... She works in this movie. And she's interesting. She's she's used... Sl just a little... But the little that she's in the film, she's compelling and interesting, and the chasing with her and Michael in the woods is, it's intense, and it's, you know, probably the most tension that's in the entire film, because uh, that was, that was kind of the concession that you have to make. If you're going to have wall-to-wall -wall gore, you're probably not going to get a lot of tension, and you kind of sacrifice one for the other. I feel like there's a happy medium that could have been reached and maybe Halloween ends will be that that happy medium 
where I didn't feel like there was enough violence in 2018. I felt like maybe there was too much, but I, I, I'm not going to tell you that I thought it was too much because, you know, that would be like, you know, oh, here's here's a big ass bowl of ice cream. Well, that's too much. All right, well, I'll just take it all away. Don't do that. I'm just going to only eat a little bit of it, though, okay? Just let me eat what I want, and then if there's some left over, maybe put it in the freezer and I'll come back to it. It's fair, right? I'm back on my diet, so the term ice cream is a trigger word for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just... I personally, I like... I thought that this was just a... A gore for the sake of gore fest. That there wasn't really a story to be told, per se. It was just kind of rehashing the, you know, band that was getting together to round up Michael Myers in part four. And they, for the most part, met with roughly the same end. And, yeah. It, word to the wise. Michael Myers comes, just offer him up a strode. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, let's get into Reapers. Fuck it. Why not? I am going to come in for Halloween Kills with four Reapers out of five. Uh, zero is the lowest. Five is the highest. I really liked it. I really, really fucking liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought that it was funny. I thought that it had great violence story was stupid as shit it, it was trying really really like it, it felt like uh keenan ivory wayne's and don't be a menace just kind of popping out of the window every couple of seconds message um and i was able to look past that because i looked at it as a fucking fan film also uh remember how i said that he was uh he was shooting to kill at Michael in that flashback scene. Well, later on in the film, because I have to tie this back up or else I'll piss myself off. Uh, he He's telling Lori, you know, oh, uh, Michael wasn't coming after you. He was brought there by his doctor. You're actually not important at all. You just had the misfortune of going to the Myers house and pissing him off. And then he killed your friends because you dropped the keys off at the Myers. I mean, that's ostensibly what he tells her. He doesn't flat out say, hey, if you if your dad wasn't a dickhead and made you drop those keys off, you know, Annie and Linda would still be alive. And <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> whatever. Uh, he says that, you know, it goes back to the flashback sequence where they had kind of repaid the opening scene of the original 78 film uh, where after he kills uh, Judith, he heads down the stairs and he's just kind of dumbfounded and standing still as the camera pulls away. And they did that in the beginning 
just kind of same music, same homage, all this stuff. But then they come to show you more stuff that happened where Loomis, uh, after the police had just just mercilessly beat Michael with uh, batons, not that police uh, assault and uh, abuse unarmed uh, suspects that that would be that would be a reach. This is this is just sci-fi stuff, so don't pay any attention to that. Uh, Loomis is getting ready to finish the job, and he he takes the revolver and he puts it to the back of Michael Myers' head and starts muttering purely and simply evil, like he had said in the '78 film, like he said in the damn movie. You heard him. I love you, Dreda. Uh, <laughs> he he he's getting ready to kill him, but. He's stopped by Sheriff Dupity, who's like, nah, man, you know, I was just trying to kill him, but you can't kill him. You're his doctor. I'm a, I'm a rookie fresh out the academy, man. And I was trying to shoot to kill, but I'm a terrible aim. <laughs> but, but you're like right there and you're going to actually do it. Can we just take him to jail? So, he feels responsible. And he is. Because Michael Myers killed the entire town because he didn't allow Dr. Loomis to put a slug in the back of his head. And, you know, if Brackett's in that mob that's got Myers surrounded... How are we letting him go to an institution? I don't know. Um, again, that, that's the second person I've offered up for sacrifice in this episode. So we're gonna we're gonna start getting the fuck out of here uh, before I start uh, offering up the listeners uh, for sacrifice. I would never do that to y'all, Daddy. I don't don't get that. don't make that face. It's okay, just, you just stick around, boo, boo boo, it's okay. Anyway, the way that I get out of here is by um, going to my buddy Don and Nelly's page and looking at people that he gives a little bit of love to, uh, people that have recently released episodes of their shows. And it makes it easier for me because that means that they're contributing and you should go check them out while they're contributing. Tell them nice things so they continue to contribute. Uh, we are going to start with Essential Scares. At Essential Scares it is the Essential Scares podcast. The only horror show that dares to ask, what is essential? Weekly episodes covering movies, TV. And I'm not going to read all you guys' uh, ads for the hosts of the show. But I will shoot the show a follow. And you guys should do the same. And uh, next up, we're going to go with At Buddy Horror Show. And that is for Buddy's House of Horror. Buddy's House of Horror reviews, top tens, phenomenal facts, unboxings, and more on YouTube. Podcast available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Um, he's got link trees where you can you know, go check all those places out. He hits a follow. 
Alright. And do 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 H O H H podcast. The Homos on Haunted Hill podcast. Follow before I even read the fucking bio. <laughs> Queer host Kevin, Chris, and Chris present weekly discussions celebrating the weird, wild world of horror cinema. I, I, I'm going to give that one a listen. Uh, just for the title alone gets two snaps up for me. Homos on Haunted Hill podcast. Uh <laughs> Love it. I, I would wrap that up in candy and eat it. At Pod Cemetery. Pod Cemetery. One married couple talking about old and new horror movies. Because, of course, mute hashtags to avoid spoilers. Hashtag AT. Afterthoughts for the next episode. I feel like I've read their bio before. That they do something very similar to what we're doing where we review the film then we do like the bonus cuts except they apparently do a spoiler free and then a follow-up with a spoiler so it's the same but different but you guys gotta follow at pod cemetery and we'll do one more um nope not gonna do that one we're going to do At Land of the Creeps podcast. And they're At Land of the Creeps. We are a bi-weekly horror movie podcast hosted by a bunch of ats I'm not going to read. Dedicated to keeping horror alive. And like I said, I read your bio. You get a follow. That's just the way these things work. I will tell you guys till I'm blue in the face to go follow Don underscore Anelli on Twitter. Uh, he's going to have a much more comprehensive list than the one I just read off. And he's going to be much more kind to the uh, podcast. I don't think I was mean. I've never, nothing is said by, you know, with malice and no malicious intent. But, uh, you know, I, I just felt like you know, it's going to be Devil's Night. You know, when this episode drops, it's Devil's Night. You guys are going out cre creating mischief, you know. You're probably going to go party with the foxes and shit. And I just, I wanted to give you guys a little something for for Halloween morning when you're getting that costume ready. And you're getting ready to, like, I don't know, go to a party. Or maybe not because of COVID. Or you're, maybe you're going to go trick-or-treating. Or, or uh, you know, maybe not because of COVID. Or... You know, maybe you're going to go to the movies, or maybe not because of COVID. You know, but maybe you're going to do something. But I, I have asked my wife to get me a uh, Captain Spaulding costume. So uh, that's that's kind of where I'm I'm at. You know, I'm hoping that uh, this year will be my last fat horror character costume, and next year I'll be able to do something a little bit more svelte <laughs> if not it's Leatherface next year <laughs> who knows right I mean yeah it is what it is this is the most wonderful time of the year I know that a lot of you guys are going to be gone now that the month is over um, but if you're still around uh, tomorrow I'm going to be dropping the bonus cuts edition 
two Halloween kills. Uh, I usually don't do these for modern horror films just because <clears throat> I don't watch modern horror films. <laughs> so uh, this is going to be a little, again, this is all just kind of like my Halloween gift to you. You know, people give you Christmas gifts. People give you fucking Easter presents. And, uh, you know, I think we should we should start a new trend where we give each other spooky things. Or, you know, spooky adjacent things. Like, this wasn't spooky. You weren't scared when you were listening to this, I hope. Um, maybe concerned with... The fact that I've talked for nearly an hour by myself and uh, managed to do it kind of coherently, I hope. Fingers crossed. Uh, the way you can tell me all about that stuff, I can, t- I can get to that right now. Uh, you can like the show, facebook.com forward slash creature pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at creature pod. And um, this episode and the bonus cuts episode are not going to be the only things um, Halloween specific, but I want to I want to record the thing before I talk about the thing. But I, I have something that I want to do, um, maybe about Halloween kills, but definitely about Halloween. Oh shit! I was wrapping up. I almost didn't do this. I have to rank these fucking things. I had made a point to say to myself, you know what? I'll rank them in bonus cuts. That's what we'll do. So um, if you want my ranking, come back uh, tomorrow or whenever you're listening to this and you, you want to hear me rank the Halloween films, you'll be able to hear it on the Halloween Kills bonus cuts. I will have an updated ranking system based on Halloween Kills where it fits in uh, with the other 10 films. And or eleven, who knows? Uh, we'll 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 know tomorrow. Uh, so until then, for Michael Aubrey Myers, is it Aubrey or Audrey? Uh, for Laurie Strode, for Karen, whatever her actual last name in this film is, um, and for Allison, and for uh, Sheriff Brackett, who became a security guard inexplicably. Uh, for Marion, who's named after Marion Crane from Psycho, and her boyfriend Sam Loomis is Dr. Loomis, and they were the ones going to pick up Mike Myers. Neither here nor there. And for myself, again, my name is Chunky. This has been another episode of the Creature Features Podcast on GeeksOfTheIndustry.com, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Happy Halloween. Listen, someone you trust.
shout Stop, look, and listen It's Halloween There's witches and broomsticks and big black hats Stirring up the potions in big black vats Stop, look, and listen It's Halloween Comstock's standing in the fields at night The old grey house without a light The cold white moon shining down so bright With you and me standing there and shaking with fright Sneaking past the graveyard on trembling knees Faces peeking out at us between the trees Please stop, look and listen It's Halloween Some exciting coming attractions from <laughs> Paramount Pictures cordially invites you for a weekend getaway at the party to end all parties. This is the craziest party that could ever be. <laughs> Turn on lights because I don't want to see. <laughs> April Fool. Welcome to my home and lifestyles of the rich and undeserving. Wrong. Cheers. Join eight privileged guests who are just dying <laughs> to have fun. Wow, what is this? The bridal suite? You like it? The ladies. I find it useful. Right. The gentlemen. <laughs> we, we, we did on the first date. The young. Well, basically, I possess a, an essential lack of seriousness. And the restless. You are such a jerk. Everyone is having such a good time. It's scary. Something wrong? You're dead. Radio is blasting. Someone's knocking at the door. I'm looking at my girl. She passed out. Nikki! I'll see you in the hall. I'll never see you. April Fool's Day. Get ready to party till you drop. She said that it's a 